0: Its Catholic identity builds upon Thomas Aquinas and the magisterium of the Catholic Church and engaging with God in the wilderness. Find out more at wyomingcatholic.edu. Today we're joined by Alfred Regnery. He was the longtime publisher, president of Regnery Publishing. He's moved on to a new project that I'll ask him about in just one moment. Uh, He's here to discuss generally the book publishing scene, uh, particularly in relation to the, the ideological Climate of things. Welcome, Mr. Regnery.
1: Thank you. Very nice to be with you.
0: So, why don't you tell us first of all what's the new project? What's going on?
1: Well, this is a um, new company. It's a nonprofit, five hundred one c three called Republic Book Publishers, and um, what we are doing is publishing mostly nonfiction and an occasional uh, fiction book if it suits us. Um, we are largely right of center. Um, although there are some books that we do that aren't really categorized that way. Um, and we uh, we started out, I have a partner in New York who's been in publishing for nearly as long as I have, who um, is an expert on distribution and all the other things in the, that go on in the back room, um, the editorial process and design and production and marketing and so on. So between the two of us and the people we have, we are busily um, adding books to the um, marketplace. Uh, we're always looking for other projects. We've published or have under contract about 25, 26 books, I guess, so far. And um, generally speaking, the the tone of the books will be intelligent, well-written, well-designed, well-produced, and well-marketed, um, something I always did when I was running Regnery publishing and then um, selling and marketing as well as we can into the general national marketplace, um, a combination of history, um, some philosophy, some religion, some politics, and sort of everything in between.
0: Now, a, a few weeks ago, really what prompted our discussion, the Wall Street Journal had a disturbing story on a situation developing in the editorial offices of trade publishers. The problem is that publishers are now biased more than ever against conservative authors, particularly conservatives who were associated with the Trump administration. The Wall Street Journal story, uh, which mentioned you, uh, cited, for instance, a petition circulated by employees at Simon & Schuster to cancel a book deal with, with Mike Pence. Uh, Simon Schuster didn't cancel Vice President Pence, but it did cancel Senator Josh Hawley's book on, quote, the tyranny of big tech, which Regnery eventually picked up and did Publish. Was your creation of Republic Books in, in related to this trend?
1: Well, probably. And that's, that's a trend that's been going on for a long time. It's gotten worse with this woke uh, cancel culture and so on. But back in the, even in the 80s and the 90s, and actually long before that, my father started On his company in the 1940s, and at that time, you couldn't get an anti-communist book published for a lot of money.
0: Uh, Was that right? In the 40s, that that the the trade publishers didn't want to touch anti-communist stuff.
1: No, they didn't want to touch anything that was that would have criticized the New Deal or the Truman administration at the time, or that was more philosophically anti-communist or. What was becoming known as the conservative movement. I mean, my father published um, God and Man at Yale in what 1951, and Buckley had um, presented it to a number of different publishers, and they said not not our nickel. The same with Russell Kirk's Conservative Mind. Um, Knopf, I think, had it initially, and they said, well, it's going to have to be cut in half and split in three separate books. And you know, um, even then, we're not very enthusiastic. But so there were there were lots of other books through the 50s and the 60s. Um, into the seventies and the eighties they um they were more or less the same way. I mean they would publish um a book by a somebody that had a big platform or had the capacity to sell a lot of books of so celebrity, um, and occasionally others, but um then in we we at Regnery we start we were very successful in the in the seventies and the eighties with um right of center books and the New York publishers noticed that we were on the bestseller list all the
0: time. Could you give us a few titles? From the 70s and 80s? Sure.
1: Um, you know, see, the um, the uh, Senatorial Privilege, was the, that was the book on Chappaquiddick. It was number one New York Times for years. Random House had that, but then they canceled it um, part way through. Um, so we picked it up. Um, there was a book called Red Horizons that was about the um, defector from Romania who basically broke, broke Romania apart, um, had been turned down by about a dozen different publishers in New York, and we got, got that one a uh, book called bias by bernie goldberg at cbs that was bias i i
0: remember bias that was huge
1: <laughs> that was a number one bestseller yeah i think i mean we had like 25 bestsellers during that period um, and most of them were books that the new york publishers didn't want anything to do with so then as time went on they did publish more i mean i wrote a book on the history of the conservative movement that simon and schuster published and they did a very good job with it and that was probably in 95 98 something like that but recently, it's gotten worse again. Um, most of them have canceled the imprints that they had, um, or they simply use them to publish celebrities. So, you know, if Tucker Carlson or Newt Gingrich or um, Ted Cruz come along with a with a book, they know they'll sell a couple hundred thousand copies, and they'll have, they'll have to publish that. But if somebody smaller than that who's got a book that might be exquisite work on something, whether that may sell 12,000, 15,000 copies for the most part, they're not going to touch it. So, um, And it's getting worse because, for one thing, the um, there, there are really only five major publishers in the country, okay? And they own a lot of smaller imprints. Four of them are owned outside of the United
0: States. So they, they are, are they Simon & Schuster Harcourt? Is Harcourt? Or HarperCollins?
1: Uh, Harcourt is part of... Another one, Harper Collins, Harper Collins. is separate. And Pearson, Simon and Schuster, Random House, um, then the the sprint companies. That's a German company that has St. Martin's and quite a number of others. And then the other one would be, um, uh, let's see, which one is the other? I can't think of the But anyway, four out of the five are owned over overseas. Okay, Random House is now being is acquiring Simon and Schuster, which means you'll only have four. And so, you know, there are these huge companies they are very much part of big media. Um, the New York Times writers and, and um, editors sort of float in and out of the publishing houses, and they all have pretty much the same point of view. And um, so any big book that comes along that's published by them is going to reflect their liberal attitude. Now, you do have some smaller conservative publishers. I mean, Encounter, for example, does a wonderful job, um, and there's, there are three or four others that publish them. But there's certainly not enough um, not enough space in, the, in this side of things. So that we started ours with the idea that there probably would be plenty of books to publish, which in fact there are. I mean, I think I had two submissions today.
0: You, you, you mean Republic, Republic books?
1: Yeah, right, Republic, exactly, right.
0: You're saying this was not a commercial decision. I mean, it, it's not as if they were losing a lot of money by publishing Charles Murray.
1: That's right. Um, In some cases, they would probably make some money. I mean, books, book publishing is not a particularly profitable business. So, um, you know, it is if you sell half a million books. um, But in many cases, they pay too much money up front for those and they don't they don't make the money. But um, it's prestige. I mean, many cases they have textbooks and they have other divisions that make most of the money. You know, it's it's sort of like General Motors making Corvettes. They never made money on Corvettes, but it's sort of a prestige thing for Chevrolet to have this car, so they keep making them. And it, it's a little bit the same thing in publishing.
0: All right, so who who is doing this, this canceling? Who's leading this, this sort of ramped-up uh, screening-out effort?
1: Well, it's probably a lot of people. I mean, uh, as you mentioned, there were 3,500 people that signed this petition at Simon & Schuster. And that 3, was 3,500, 3,500 people. That was employees. It was authors. It was contractors, um, outside editors, all sorts of things, people. So the um, and they didn't to their credit, they did not cancel Mike Pence's book. But certainly those 3,500 people have a lot to say in the aggregate. I mean, they, they are the ones who will see the first time a manuscript comes in. And, you know, they can simply reject it out of hand, or they may work on it at some point and slow it down or together, um, you never really know what happens. Um, so, of course, a lot of things that they never get accepted in the first place. So it's not only turning them down. It's simply not accepting them in the first place.
0: Right, right. Now, uh, uh, how do you answer the, the argument? Hey, they're a private company. They can do what they want.
1: Well, that's true. They can. Um, I mean, so, so are we, so we started it as competitions yeah. and that's what the system is supposed to do. Um, but on the other hand, it's a little bit like the big media, you know, um, or big tech, they are private companies, but by the same token, um, most of them most of them have a purpose of doing good literature and good, um, good thoughtful books that make a contribution to the, um, to hold debate, And if they don't want to, that's fine. I mean, there are, as I say, our company regularly publishing my original public, basically published conservative books. Um, and that was our choice. That was our investment. And um, so that's okay. So yeah, there certainly is that argument, but that doesn't, and that doesn't mean that you can't start other companies. As I say, that's what the capitalist system is supposed to do.
0: do. Do you see this actually as an opportunity?
1: Oh, I think it is because there's still a big market for conservative books, um, and there are lots of writers. But in our cases, we we started as a nonprofit because, to some extent, it's a matter of it's sort of a labor of love, and I like to make to be in the middle of the debate. And the other part of it, of course, is publishing people that otherwise can't get published, particularly younger writers and and so on that you can develop who you give them a, a chance, and they may turn into significant spokesman Bill Buckley as they say would be an example that my father published in 1951 when he first got out of Yale he probably I mean he would have been successful anyway Buckley being who he was but nevertheless that launched him and from there on he was um, you know he was the star so and that happens I mean there I can name several people that I published at Regnery um, who went on who have gone on who you, you're going to see at a byline every day yeah
0: I you know, I, I I have to wonder about uh, a business saying, you know, because we don't like this 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 author's ideas, uh, we're not only going to cancel that author, but we're we're going to turn away an audience for that author. The audience that might like those the audience that might like those ideas, they're gone too. Mm-hmm
1: well that's the the bigger picture that's true and that um you know i mean i i don't have to tell you how important books are for the whole debate um and you know i mean it's the first it's the same thing the first things is doing i mean first things was not started as a commercial enterprise as much as it was to contribute to um the good of the society and the culture and by publishing good things that people would read and you know books in a way are the place where ideas are initiated, where I, where concepts are developed. Um, and even a book that has a relatively small circulation sometimes can have a big impact on what happens in the world. I mean, I would quote the Communist Manifesto as an example.
0: You know, the Wall Street Journal quotes uh, a few of the people who pushed the petition at Simon & Schuster to get rid of Mike Pence. And one of the things they, they reasons they gave, the main reason they gave is that we don't want to, quote, normalize people who worked in the Trump, anything had connection to the Trump administration. What do, what do you think of that motive? I
1: think it probably, m- much of it boils down to the sort of the the um, debate, the, the conflict between the elite and the rest of us. I mean, the, the, the elite, the, the, the ruling class, if you will, the people that, you know, that we all talk about all the time who run all these media companies and so on i think are offended by people that aren't part of them and they really want to i mean the left has always wanted wanted to shut down debate that differs with what their 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 debate is what their arguments are they've done it forever and um that's in a bit what the cancel culture is all about um it's something that they did i mean you know you go back in the as i say in the 40s or the 50s they didn't they didn't want Bill Buckley published. They didn't want Russell Kirk published because it sort of challenged what they had to say. Um, people on, on our side, I think are much more um, ready to protect the First Amendment, and the Bill of Rights and give people a chance and have the debate. And maybe that's too general. I mean, obviously a lot of people would argue with me about that, but I think as you look at historically, I think that you are going to find that trend.
0: I think it's just strange that these people uh, who who want to, you know, filter out the conservatives, that they consider a person who worked for an administration for which 70 million people did vote for, they consider that person abnormal.
1: Well, that's because, you know, they consider the whole Trump phenomenon as abnormal. Um, it's what we call Trump derangement syndrome. I mean, they just can't think about this guy. For one thing, he, again, <laughs> challenged the elite. He, he recognized it. There was a conflict between your average American that earns his living doing whatever he does with his hands and the elite who run Washington and New York. And I think that a great deal of it goes back to that. It just it offends them and they just want to shut it off so that they can come back to the old sort of two party system where um, everybody with with the elite people basically run everything and and the rest of the, the country doesn't have much to say.
0: Let's pause for a moment for what I believe is one of the best schools of higher learning in the country, the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving, Texas, and Rome, Italy, UD offers a rigorous and exciting core curriculum that sets it apart, an education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition, an education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Fidelity to man requires fidelity to the truth, which alone is the guarantee of freedom and of the possibility of integral human development. Those are the words of Pope Benedict, quoted at the University of Dallas, and guiding educators in all the departments of the university. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Is is this level—you say you've seen this before— and actually, you often hear people uh, maybe regretting the cancel culture as some reprise of the 1950s. Uh, they'll talk about the anti-communist scare. Do you think that those are comparable? No, oh, I suppose in a way,
1: but back in the 50s, that things were so much more limited. You know, you had um, a few or a a few major companies or whatever that pretty much controlled everything. Um, You had three television networks, and then, of course, you had more newspapers, but Hollywood was controlled by pretty much one crowd. Um, Today, that's not true so much. I mean, you've got all these other media that um, have a say in things. And um, so, I mean, if they're trying to shut us off, they've got a much bigger job to do.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe that's why they have to be more aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, maybe so. Is the I mean I've seen surveys of attitudes toward, toward cancel culture, and the younger you go with the respondents, the more approval of cancel culture you find. Is there in publishing a generational factor going on here whereby the impulse seems to be coming from from the younger people?
1: Yeah, I think it probably it probably is. I mean the, the big uh, the big publishing in New York basically attracts. Um, people in their twenties and their thirties, and they, many of them stick with it and go through and become leaders in the companies. But um, they have a good deal to say, um, at least when you put them all together and what goes on in those companies. So I think it's probably comparable to the rest of the media.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm old-fashioned on these these generational issues. Uh, Al, where do they get the hutzpah? To walk into a veteran editor's office and and uh, dictate editorial policy,
1: I guess it's just what they've learned in um, in the in in, their, in the educational system. And um, I, other than that, I, I don't know.
0: I wish I had that confidence at age twenty-seven because <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sure didn't when I get older. <laughs> so well, now what do you do? You see any broader impact? that this bias is having on the book market in, in general. I mean, is, is it actually reducing the number of conservative-oriented books that are being published? Are we seeing just simply other outlets?
1: Well, it probably isn't reducing the number of conservative books. I and mean, after all, with self-publishing and with eBooks and all those things, you have many, many more books that are published now than were published 20 years ago, Um, I mean, by multitudes. Many of them don't sell very well, but you also have concentration in the distribution business. Um, Books are distributed by a few companies that get them into the places where books are sold. Bookstores um, have been closed up all over the place. I mean, with the exception of Barnes & Noble's, you don't have those chains anymore. You don't have that many independent bookstores. Um, Amazon has 50% of the market share in the book industry in the in the United States Um, and Amazon it doesn't I mean it's very rare for Amazon to 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 get involved in this for the most part they're just business people and they're
0: selling it so Amazon is playing playing pretty fair that you've seen yeah
1: yeah we we find that they are
0: the the Wall Street Journal story mentioned uh, the distribution angle where uh, for example Simon and Schuster handles distribution for post Hill Press uh, right. something that is developed by, by Adam Bello, I think is one of the the main people there, and you had several uh people at Simon Schuster try to develop a petition to stop distributing post Hill books Post Hills tends to be conservative uh, imprint uh Is the distribution angle a, a big factor here well
1: it 's unclear um, they, Simon schuster um distributes Regnery as well and I guess the, the distribution company is actually a separate corporation from the publishing business. Um, and so Hawley's book that Simon & Schuster canceled is now published by Regnery, um, which is distributed by Simon & Schuster. And So they didn't cancel the that, distribution part. No, and they, they told them categorically, we're not going to get into that. We are just in the business of distributing books and so on. So as far as I can tell, that's true. However, we, do, we did publish a book last year that Post Hill, I believe, was – had under contract and Simon and Schuster apparently said uh-uh and they said um I guess you publish this and your distribution contract is in trouble so they broke the contract and we published the book um and again I don't know if that was an aberration uh, or just what it was but the um there certainly there are this woke crowd within these distribution companies no question about that and so Again, it may not be something that you really notice, but something that's just done in the back back room. Here's a book that, well, we don't like this very much, so we're not going to put the kind of emphasis on it that we would if it's a book that we like. That may be going on. Um, It hasn't troubled us. We have a a smaller just independent distribution company that handles our books, and we're on very good terms with them, and they do a good job. But, um, you know, whether the others... um, there There are rumors that that there are problems, and I, again, I can cite this the one case that we had, but I, I, more than that, I can't really say
0: Do you find that this trend is affecting the book reviewing side of things?
1: And I've always did. Um, you know the New York Times um always had the big book review that made a lot of difference. The Wall Street Journal is pretty fair; they have a book review every day, and of course, there are hundreds of smaller um, periodicals on both sides. Um, and so, no, I don't think so. I mean, you have enough different places and reviews that appear in online and that sort of thing that, um, I think generally speaking is probably, um, it, it probably were, is probably quite fair. Then, of course, then the other side is the, is social media, which is a big way to advertise books. And we had this incident, um, at Christmas time where we had a book on Abraham Lincoln, um, we tried to advertise it on Facebook, and they refused to take the ads because they said it was too controversial. Abraham Lincoln, right? So um, four, four different times we went back to them. And they said, no, we can't do what that. What was the
0: controversy?
1: Well, it turned out that it was an ad that had names of different people that had, quoted, had liked the book. One of them was Mike Pence. He said it was the best book on Lincoln he'd ever read. And so we think that's probably what triggered the, the logarithm and Facebook, it said, "Well, Pence is this controversial guy. We can't, we can't do it." Well, actually, the the upshot was great because we put the author on on Fox and Friends in the morning, and the book went to the top of the charts in Amazon. Wow! So, so yeah. we got our retribution, I guess.
0: Uh, look, you know, speaking personally, I run a podcast here. We're, we're we're talking, and most of the time it's on books. Are podcasts becoming uh, a major element in in the in the book? The book selling book marketing industry
1: well, certainly talking about books, and that's always good. I mean that's how books get noticed and and sold, so I don't really know um, what the numbers would be. I can't imagine that it's not going to be helpful though I mean, they keep increasing constantly, apparently, um, and there's a big market for them so uh, when you know if you have if you're talking to somebody for twenty minutes or half an hour and, and you've got listeners. Um, with an author it's going to sell books and that's what it's all about I mean you get one minute on Good Morning America but if you get 20 or 30 minutes on a podcast um, if somebody's interested in the subject and the author does a good job talking about it it's going to, um, it's going to sell the book
0: now you've been, you've been in the industry for a long time you've got a lot of friends across the, the, the trade publishing world uh, I'm, I'm asking you to, to, to pass along something without naming names do you hear a lot of the older editors uh executives at the trade presses who are regretting the the political correctness the canceling going on in their own companies be honest now
1: uh i have (laughs) not but that doesn't mean they don't exist um yeah i do know a lot of people in the industry but i I can't, I can't imagine that there are, there, are, there are a lot of very fine people in publishing and fair people and so on. And so I, I could only just I guess I, I could only guess that they are not pleased, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, as Regnery and Republic and other encounter as they find that a lot of the books they're doing are, are making money. You know, like like the the Molly Hemingway, Carrie Severino study of the Kavanaugh affair. That that did very well. That that was Regnery. That did. That was
1: that was a big success. Yes, it was. And she had, she has another book coming out in the uh, fall also.
0: With with you with Regnery.
1: With, with with Regnery on the election. Yeah.
0: Now, if if they're making money, are the trade press going to say, Hey, wait a minute, we're 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 losing income here. Let's 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 let's, let's stop this. Let's get back into. The, the broader, the broader umbrella.
1: That's what they did the last time. Um, you know, Simon & Schuster started this own imprint to publish conservative books and so did Random House. And St. Martin's did a good many. I think they, they had an imprint as well. I mean, they were doing very well with it. Um, you know, when things settle down, which they ine- inevitably do um, from this, this crazy time we're in, um, they probably will. I mean, everything isn't going to stay the same as it is now, I should Hope so anyway um, so there's a, probably a pretty good chance that you'll have some rational people will say indeed we need to get back into that that um, hasn't happened yet but who knows
0: I'm hoping that the authors who do get picked up by by the the smaller presses uh, give you a little loyalty I mean maybe maybe, maybe that's Molly Hemingway she she came back uh, showing
1: well they they often do and of course the loyalty is often depended on who's courting them on the other side. And I had several books that we did, we did a big job with in back in the eighties and the nineties that, I mean, books that were on the bestseller list. And then the author would get um, offered a lot of money from one of the New York publishers. Sometimes they would go, sometimes they wouldn't. Um, And yeah, that, that, that's been a problem forever with small publishers. Um, It less likely to now simply the ones that can write the big checks don't want any part of our authors.
0: You wonder if they regretted not uh, not taking the conservative mind. How much? I mean, that that's still selling, right? It's I mean,
1: still selling. It's been in print since 1953,
0: I think. All right. So, wh- where do you see, ideally, where do you see Republic Books in in three years?
1: Well, we're we've sort of set out to publish 12 to 15 books a year, and to publish them well. I mean, we turn down a lot more than we take. Um, so that if we can continue to do that and establish a backlist, we may acquire uh, other small company here or there if there's a if there's an opportunity. And um, so I would hope in three years we might have, you know, quite a number of books on our list, um, publishing new books, being sought after by writers. And of course, a part of it is our going out to find writers and suggesting that they write books. That's always, for me, been the most satisfactory part of publishing. Um and then having it, having it actually written and turning it into a success. Um, so we will continue to do, to do that. Um, we are going to be consistent with what we believe and what we're gonna the kinds of things we're going to publish. Um, and so to the extent that people still want to read the books, we'll keep
0: doing it. Last question. How do people find out about Republic books?
1: Well, from um, interviews like this, um, from reading about us on The Wall Street Journal, or from seeing one of our books that they like, um, and they may find us on the website. I mean, I'm not sure how we. I get something every day, basically, from people that that somehow find out about us. So, in a lot of different ways, I guess.
0: Al, Al, Al we're, we're we're showing our age. The the first, the only answer to that question is what's the website?
1: Well, the website is republicbookpublishers.com. dot com. Okay. It shows <laughs> it, it tells about the company and the books that we've got that are in print.
0: Okay, we'll have a link to that. So republicbookpublishers.com. dot com, Alfred Regnery. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Mark. Very nice to chat with you. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.